Oh god, I was so up. tired. How much um, rinsing of Johnny's Instagram antics in America? Yeah, that's in the intro. That's all that's in the, the intro. Entire intro yeah, we're, all in the, we're, we're gonna go in on him. <laughs> I've got, so I've got some zingers. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, let's get it ready. Let's get his IG ready. Uh, what are you loading up the page? Yeah. Can you make like a highlight on your profile so we can like go back from it? Yeah, 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 that's yeah, honest, yeah. that's the only thing that's missing. Be. Yeah, I actually have already for New York, Boston, and for in DC. I'll just oh, because New York's actually what I was going to rinse you about, so that's perfect. Excellent, excellent. This could end terribly. That was the fastest one. That was quite. That was a rapid intro. That was quite speedy. That's super speedy. We got shit to get through today. Yeah, 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 yeah. This could end terribly. Episode thirty, live and direct from a private location in East London. It's just Bo, and I am here, man. Like abs, I am here with man like Johnny. Hello. Who was flown in? That's right. From America. America. How was it? It was lit. Cool. And we have a very special guest. Johnny, I think you want to introduce our yeah, special we guest. Yeah, I can introduce him. Formerly, formerly of reputable <laughs> establishments, uh, such as The Tab and Joe Politics, uh, and of deeply unreputable establishments, <laughs> uh, such as The Telegraph, uh, GB News, and The Home Office, uh, and currently <laughs> of a reasonably reputable uh, establishment in the Jewish Chronicle, it's Kingston Liberal Synagogue's finest 2006 alumni, Josh Kaplan, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Hello, hello. Welcome, How's welcome, it welcome. Thank you for coming. How are you, man? I'm good. I mean, a little fucked off that Johnny didn't mention that my role at the Home Office was to run Pretty Patel's Instagram. I feel like that <laughs> is important context. Oh wow! Yeah, that is, that <laughs> is, this is this is a Pretty Patel podcast. This is, to that be is fair. by coincidence, Rich's favorite account on Instagram. Yeah, yeah I've got, she, I got I bars mean, for her. I've seen her in real life. She's fit. I can show you some videos where she makes eyes at you. <laughs> Me even. Sorry. <laughs> she is fit, man. She's fit. It's I really mean, she's problematic. Not fit. She's not. She fit. is though. Snatched cheekbones. Absolutely snatched. <laughs> Bro, come on. <laughs> snatched. <laughs> this is haram. This is haram chat. Yeah, man. Uh, we are here. Episode 30, as I said. Johnny thinks it's a milestone. I, it actually kind of is. Yeah, I think this is what? The last one before the last one uh, yeah, for the year. So, the year. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, big up to all of our listeners who are catching us on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Amazon. Mm -hmm. I always say Amazon Prime. Amazon, Amazon Music. Music. YouTube. If you're nasty. SoundCloud. <laughs> mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. We are here every other week. I know that's and we right. break down the cruddy, the muddy, and the bloody. I just restart that. That was very good. Yeah? That was very Still good. Still got bars, man. I'll never lose it. <laughs> um, gentlemen. Well, let's start with Johnny, man. You just flew in. You I flew did. in. I'm fresh off the boat. I really wanted to. Um, I really wanted to take the piss out of what I thought from the pictures was going to be a pathetic tan. But it's actually quite... Is there, I can't really. Is, is there a tan? It's all right. It's all right. Wow. I'm, yeah. I'm getting heat on tanning game from an Ashkenazi. That's what's happening. <laughs> That's what's happening on this podcast. It's all right. I think it's all right. And I wasn't really tanning like that. I was so busy doing shit across 1,566 miles wow, of eastern true, coastline. Yeah. I googled it, yeah, yeah, obviously. And here you are with a white hoodie that says Philadelphia on that's it. That's right, baby. I bought this in. Uh, bought this in Philly because I was freezing my ass off. It's fucking cold up in the northeast, man. It's kind of like when people go to Oxford Street and they buy a hoodie that says London. London, on right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I bought it in Philly. Where else? So this would is you... this is this isn't as embarrassing. I almost bought the Harvard hoodie. I almost bought the Harvard. Yeah, hoodie I've in got Boston. Harvard hoodie. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I was like, I haven't even been to uni, let alone to another one. Like that would be stunting. Let alone a good one. Let alone yeah. a good one, right? That would be stunting to a level that it would be audacious. Dress mm. for the job that you want. Yeah, that's true. I'm not sure I want to go to Harvard though. 
Bit no? late. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One, it's a bit late. And two, like, I'm not sure how lit they get. I'm sure, like, BU's a bit more lit. If I was going to go to university in Boston, there's, like, three ones where you could get more lit. Yeah. They what actually you... have to work at Harvard. I'm not down for that. So break down the holiday. What are your main takeaways from it? Uh, you were away I mean, for two weeks. I was away for two weeks. Yeah. So I landed in New York, based myself in New York for five days. Whilst I was in New York, I went to Boston on a day tour. That was lit. Went to Philly and DC on another day tour. You want a bus? Tour. Is it one of those bus tours? Yeah, yeah. Shout out, get your guide. Complete with like the vo voiceover person. Oh yeah, 100%. So the real authentic experience. Trash. Then. For real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get your guide took a lot of my money this, yeah. uh, oh, this yeah. fortnight. Yeah, yeah. But it was worth it. Boston was lit. Philly was kind of like a ghost town. It's very strange. DC. DC, I'm disappointed. It's not a good place. DC is boring. Place. No, I went there last year. It's shit. It's like Frankfurt, right? Never been to I've not been yet. Yeah. Right, so it's, it's shit. But the thing that really got me was the White House. The White House, yeah? The seat of the greatest empire in modern times. The, great, the, the epicenter of the greatest military ever, probably. Mm. The White House, fucking tiny. You went in? No, you like see it from the oh, outside, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's literally just, it's a house. It's, yeah. a, it's a large house. Yeah, I mean, what were you expecting though? Something like the Palace of Westminster. I don't know. Sure. Right, so. it's the seat of well, it's kind of the seat of the executive, not seat of government. It's it's a small fucking house. Anyway, I got my Pablo Escobar picture. Yeah, uh, I got my Trump holding up the Bible at St John's Church. And you, picture. and you uploaded all of this extensively covered on your Instagram. Literally, yeah. and just to go back to New York quickly, I think there was a day right. where you did what I would describe as right. like an American girl's first trip to London. Excellent, but in Central Park. Where you're wandering around being like, oh my God, I'm in a park, you guys. Right. And he, he tried to make it ironic. Yeah, it was, was ironic. taking the piss out of the influences <laughs> when that, no, 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 it wasn't. It was ironic. No, I think no, you were a little bit too gassed for it. It's to be called ironic. performative comedy. I mean, mm. if you guys don't have the chops, you don't have the chops. It's like mm. so performative that you don't know you're performing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually meta performing. Yeah. It's meta commentary on how gassed I was to be in New York. But New York's lit. Uh, what's, my, what's my takeaway from the Northeast? New York is very similar to London. Boston's basically the same as London. It was your first time to New York, right? First time to New Mazza. York. Mazza, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It, I mean, it did. The city stole my No heart. wonder you took pictures like yeah, this New one York. with the bull. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Pathetic. 100%. Man went to Katz's Deli, paid 25 quid for a sandwich. Oh, I wish I only paid 25. It was like a $40 bill. I ate Jesus every one of Christ. those lectures. I smashed it. Uh, but New York's incredible. Uh, I'd, I'd definitely love to go back. It was sick. Um, and then down to Miami. Flew down to Miami. Uh, but I've been to Miami a couple of times before nice uh vibe basically between new york and miami you realize that it really is the dollar that gets things done in america to an extent that, that is a pretty insightful piece of that doesn't, american that, culture but that doesn't work here right you can basically pay your way into anything mm. in the u.s you, you can, can pay your way to anything in london right uh, i'm not sure it works in quite the same way well maybe not because i guess there's like layers right like establishment like certain like bullshit clubs that you right. will right. never be let in right but you can you can a hundred bucks your way through any yeah. door in america what is it that you have what's the, what's your fascination with this um with this fist in hand pose that Which you do one? in every single picture <laughs> oh my hand is so that, that's that, is that just like your go-to that was in dc my hands were very cold okay. my hands were very cold on that day that okay. was like not only is it arty it's also functional and that was that these was, pictures are trash, Johnny. Honestly, oh, well, I didn't take them. I'm in them. Who took these pictures? Oh, so in DC, I made friends with a nice Romanian couple. Oh, um, who'd actually left their first kid at home with grandma. How old? And they were like, uh, I don't know, kids like four years old or something. Wow. They just left him and dipped to Which America for two out. weeks. Yeah. yeah, let's see you later. Okay. Whilst pregnant with a second, so fair play to him. Fair play. Uh, maybe they were too occupied to take good photos. <laughs> How was the Philly cheesesteak? That was banging. 
Yeah. That was bang. Yeah, that was like I was I was I was trying to maintain the diet till I got to Miami so I could take my beach pick and then blow it. But the Philly mm. cheesesteak was a very dangerous moment in that in that journey. Out of all the pictures that you've uploaded onto Instagram, how are the naked ones doing um, stats wise compared to the other ones? So because I've uploaded so much content and received so much feedback on my content, I actually now have a professional page on Instagram. Oh, wait, a professional what? dashboard. Oh, did you change it to a business one? Uh, yeah. I was invited to by Instagram. I don't think you're invited to. Oh, you invited to <laughs> I think you begged it just slightly. You called yourself a video creator. Uh, I think I'm a blogger. No, video creator. Am I a video creator? I'm looking at it. Can we get a count of how many posts there were okay, in the so, two weeks? So including... We're not done yet, but I still got the Everglades to upload. I've got oh, two, two sets of Wynwood to upload. I've got a goodbye to New York and a goodbye to America. Like, there's, there's, a, there's a campaign coming. Including two This Good and Terribly posts, which I appreciate, obviously. Working on working 15. on 15. Post that's more than one a day. Yeah, and then and each post has multiple pictures. Multiple pictures on Most each. At least ten. So we're looking at dozens of pieces of content. Posted. We're looking at a hundred plus photos. Yeah, we're looking at hundred plus. And there was a lot even, of story work. There was one, you you don't really subscribe to the whole less is more thing. Absolutely not. No. So this maybe the only thing that Gary V has ever said that I think isn't total horseshit is on the debate between quality and quantity of content. Uh, he says quality is subjective. Quantity is objective and it's not up to the creator to define what an audience might or might not like so in a sense just pump shit out like i am the d-block europe of instagram <laughs> of, of what of instagram america photos basically there just was one pump out enough shit and you will get likes eventually this one really annoyed me you right. uploaded a picture of you outside a building and say, and it says Boston as the caption and then you uploaded the exact same one again just without you in the picture yeah so the second post if you read the description is actually on the history of the buildings of Boston. Who cares? Um, and do you think people come to you for the history of buildings <laughs> in Boston? Do you think you're their preferred history I mean, you content the, creator? If you look at the like section of that post, looking at it, you'll see plenty. How do you Ooh, say? 23, Un 23. Unsolicited, plenty unsolicited followers. I got a few DMs about that one as well. Okay. Uh, anyone who's been following me over the years on my travels knows that hashtag history gang is a real thing. Mm. I'm mm. Si sat with two heathens mm. who um, barely remember last week. Guilty. But for those who are appreciative of culture, at me, I got you. So what's the US like right now, COVID-wise? They basically... Oh, so a bit of dichotomy. So in, in New York, you cannot get into a lot of places unless you've got a double vax. Okay. When are you in? Someone will check you on the door. Um, How do they check it? Like, have they got the equipment? You need to, show, like you need to show a COVID pass, okay. a COVID pass to get in. You can't fly into the US at federal level without double vax, but the state of New York won't let you in anywhere. In Florida, they fully don't give a shit. Mm. Okay. They fully don't yeah. give a shit. To the extent that the governor, Ron DeSantis, is now going to introduce legislation to ban mask mandates. Yeah. Ah. Right? So last year I went to Florida for a work thing um, doing for the presidential election and I wore a mask and I bought this stupid fucking really obnoxious Union Jack mask Love just that. to, you know, like scoop up some thotties <laughs> in Florida or whatever. Um, what actually happened was that we went to interview some Trump supporters and I got spat at for wearing a mask. Are you spat serious? At? Yeah. So like in New York, like you said, super like more than London, like everyone's, you know, yeah. fully COVID and about, about wearing it. the masks like yeah. out and about. Yeah, yeah. They walk around and wear a mask Florida no one wears masks they fucking hate you if you do wear masks yeah. I got spat out by this old woman who was like she was an old woman like mid 50s but like Florida mid 50s so like Ooh. baked like crispy like a dry Trump raisin Trump's yeah yeah yeah, Real, yeah it's, it's Trump country yeah. and like you know yeah yeah got spat out <laughs> I don't know how to respond. Yeah, I'm, I hate that for you. That's not ideal. Uh, but I could kind of feel a similar thing in the air. Like Miami is very cosmopolitan and international, et cetera, et cetera. A bit more liberal, right? Yeah. Voted for, the county voted for Biden. I went down to Key West for a day. 
Holy fuck! Have either of you ever been to Key West? No, I've no been to I Miami. saw you gassing about the uh, the fried green beans. Yeah, that's fucking weird. That's fucking yeah, weird. That's Who horrible. deep fries green beans? They do. They did taste quite <laughs> good, but the point was, it's like an entirely different country. It's an entire. It is like the arse end of nowhere. I mean, you're 90 miles from Cuba. It's it's off the arse end of the peninsula, which is itself off the. There's, arse end there's of no America. real equivalent to it like anywhere else in the world because usually in Europe, those places that are pretty backwards, they're not also really rich as well. Yeah. Like, whereas like they're Florida- not, They're not naturally stunning. Yeah, exactly. They're not naturally stunning. And like, you know, you're With talking about places like Estonia, of, yeah. like the Balkans. <laughs> yeah, like they're not, yeah, they're yeah. not great. Shout yeah. out our Estonian <laughs> listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's like, there's like beautiful houses everywhere. Ernest Hemingway uh, used to live there. has got Jeffrey a set up. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah probably yeah. among others. And it's, it's a naturally beautiful place, but like you hear people talk and they've got the- um, I'm sorry, I thought it was America accent. <laughs> Right. So like I, I wasn't wearing a mask down there because you can kind of tell. And like basically everyone is gringo. Everyone's a gringo down there. And as soon as like like a couple of Mexicans got off the bus and I was chatting to them in Spanish, we walk into a bar, they'd be like, mm. Spanish. <laughs> yeah. They were just like back that people were turning up, even for a tourist town, which is weird, to people turning up not looking gringo-ish. Was the, uh, was the English accent doing bits for you with the Bonitas? Uh, it didn't hurt. Divulge. <laughs> we're here to pod today johnny <laughs> um i had a good exploration of what america has to offer it was it was a good holiday it's productive productive uh there was a lot of content to upload and a lot of culture we was didn't absorbed. get that stuff did we a lot of culture <laughs> a lot of culture was absorbed let's just say problem is when people like you overcompensate with the cultural uploads like right. of all the stuff that no one wants to see like you touching that metallic donkey's ass i think there was a picture <laughs> of, what was that one uh, we, we know what's really going on john I was, we know it's a facade. I was getting some ass. Yeah. I also think Literally. male thirst traps are usually more like what Johnny does rather yeah. than like, you know, yeah. tits and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, did do a, I did do a tits out thirst trap though. Oh, thank goodness. I was so yeah. worried. A couple actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one. No. I've got more to come. No, there was a couple. I was counted. There? I counted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, two. Back yeah. to back actually. Were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one. What was the second one? And oh, that's not a thirst trap. I was one. pointing at a plane. Yeah, that's a thirst trap. The first one so with the tops off. Just the tops off. Doesn't matter where you're pointing. Cool, cool. Look, we're going to blast through some topics today, mm -hmm. um, as we usually do. There's a new variant, Depon Road, mm -hmm. um, which many of you would have heard of at this point because it's been running right for about a week and a half now. They thought it came out of South Africa. They shut down everything. A few new countries went on the red list and they realized maybe we were a bit late on this one. Mm -hmm. um, we might be wrong. Either way, because we had some cases here already in, I don't know, let's just say Peckham, Weybridge, uh, whatever. <laughs> Uh, we had countries such as Israel, Switzerland, um, who basically turned around and said, nobody above blocking. blocking. Um, you cannot enter. Are we back uh, from Switzerland? Uh, yeah, UK. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I was yeah, really yeah. looking to visit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's a lot of uh, conflation going on uh, mm. because at the same time, we've got this huge booster push going on. Yes. You know, you know me. Um, uh, my my COVID conspiracy antennas are buzzing like yes. motherfucker. Uh, firstly, it was the uh, the vulnerable people and the 50 plus who were invited to come and get their boosters. Um, and then right before the Omicron came about, they invited the 40 year olds or in that age range to come forward. And then when Omicron came forward, they pushed through anyone who was above 18 years old, um, which is a bit of a mazza, if you ask me. Um, what I didn't get uh, at the time is we didn't really know that the current jabs that we had actually protected us from the Omicron variant. So I don't really know what the what the idea was behind a booster. And ultimately, if we can we can be on fucking booster number 55, if Austria, Germany, Hungary, France aren't getting those motherfuckers done, then we're going to be in this situation forever. But yeah, we have a situation now where, to Johnny's point, you have to have PCR tests to... Uh, to record podcasts. To record podcasts. <laughs> Randox heard us on the last episode and were like, Johnny... 
Johnny. My, my friend. Johnny, bro. <laughs> we, we let you get off lightly with these lateral flow prices. <laughs> but you you want to pay full whack? We but, got you, bro. But next time. We got you. Um, do we care? <laughs> Uh, I had I I hadn't heard of Amarian for the last fifteen <laughs> years, and I wasn't aware he was back. It's yeah. good to see. He him. never left. It's supposed to be very. He never <laughs> left. That's, that's <laughs> what it is. Um, I don't know. What, I mean, what is that to say? Honestly, like people people in America were like, "Oh my god, there's another one." I don't give yeah. a shit. I don't care. I just I just kind of feel like people are sort of done with it. Like yeah. yeah. Cases, if you look at the cases here, they're going up, but hospitalizations aren't. It doesn't seem like where we're at last Christmas. I was speaking to my mate about it. He just had his Christmas party canceled, which uh, is pretty peak. But like, they're not going to shut pubs, I don't think. So I think number one, people just won't go for it. Number two, Rishi does not want to give more money to these people, like, yeah. or anybody at mm. all, ever. Yeah. <laughs> anymore. Like, done with the money. Done anything, with the money. Yeah. Did you see Rishi Sunak's Palm Angels uh, slippers that were doing the rounds? Yeah. He said Merry Christmas on each Yeah, book. I think he's an op, man. Yeah, like, he's a massive op. Um, anyway. Sorry, yeah, no, but like, I think. We just, people are sick of it. They haven't seen the sort of scenes we saw during the first lockdown or even last year, to be honest. We were like vaccinated out of the arse. Like, I personally don't give a shit. I'll just keep getting boosted. I don't really care. Yeah. I had, <laughs> I, I had COVID in September. It yeah. wasn't that deep. Yeah. Like, I mean, not, you know, no disrespect to anybody that had it in like a, in a more deep way. Yeah. But like, I basically just lost, lost my sense of smell yeah. and taste for like a week yeah. and just had to stay home. It was actually pretty chill. Yeah. Touch. Yeah. Touch. I got written off by COVID. Yeah. yeah. I had a pretty grim. But that's not to say that, yeah, I mean, that, that shouldn't be the basis of any argument anyway. Um, what what can you do? The problem, to go back to something you said, the problem isn't necessarily that France and Germany and Belgium, whatever, have only got 64%, 63% vaccination rates because kind of between natural herd immunity, people who've got it and that level of vaccination rate, it's unlikely to produce wildly strong uh, mutations. It's really the rest of the country is like areas like Southern Africa where vaccines aren't being delivered and well, the virus is being allowed to run en masse on populations well, people that are saying that to create mutations. It was like a supply issue in like Southern Africa, but like there was something that came out that loads of people, there's so much vaccine hesitancy in a lot of these places that they're like having to send vaccines back and like shit's going out of date and stuff. And it's more about like the cultural reasons why people aren't taking the vaccines rather than like a supply thing. Like we've been shipping so much fucking AstraZeneca all over the world, but like there's a lot of places, especially India, people aren't taking it like and it's just it's more of like a global education sure thing. they're kind of one and the same the one sure, and the same yeah. campaign right yeah and that you can you can ship a shit out of anything but if you don't provide the education behind it then people aren't going to, to take it and i think the west whose economic interest is in getting people jabbed globally yeah. needs to be taking the lead on educating people as much as getting jabs into arms right um i don't know if i signed up for um for boosters or for the rest of my life man well, but I mean, like, it's a similar thing. Like, people get their flu jabs every year. If you, like, got asthma or whatever, like, it's just going to become endemic. We're just going to be like, oh, COVID season or flu season. Like, that's, re that's really what's yeah. going to happen. And, like, you know, you'll sign up, you'll pay a tenner at Boots or whatever, just get it done if you're vulnerable. Yeah. I haven't had a flu jab in, like, years and years and years. I never had one, actually. I'm a little different. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think it's just... People are just going to do it. I think, also, if you look at the polling, the majority of people in this country don't really have a problem with boosters. Like, once they got the first two, the majority of people over the age of 50 just got it. Like, my parents just, just went, just did it. Just walked in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit uneasy with the concept of boosters added for nighting because that isn't, that isn't what was pitched yeah. initially, right? I'm thinking, like, do I keep getting Pfizer for the rest of my life? Do I survive on chicken soup? One tastes good. One gives me a headache. Yeah, I'm probably gonna go for chicken soup. So your yeah. your hashtag rich gang Pfizer. Yeah, vaccine. yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wait. I literally walked out of a testing center because they offered me Moderna, 
And then I got COVID because I didn't get the jab. Really? True story. Yeah, I was fucking murked for a month. I should have just taken Moderna. It's proper stupid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. I can understand why people don't want to take boosters ad infinitum because... The EU are going to make that very, very, very techie for man though because they're already yeah. talking at that level uh, expire or the concept of expiring COVID passes if you don't have your booster within X amount of months from your second jab. Yeah, it's so kind it's of going to get very sticky if you want to travel. And they're also the just EU. locking off people who aren't double jabbed anyway, right? Yeah. That is proper jokes. <laughs> That's <laughs> that is long. proper jokes. I was chatting to um, I was chatting to people in America about like Europe, just Austria in particular, and then Germany going onto it, shutting people in their houses. They haven't had the double jab, and they were like, "Oh, we would. This is why we got the Second Amendment. You couldn't do that shit over here. <laughs> Y'all Europeans are fucking crazy." Yeah. And I was like, well, we're actually not European anymore. We, we kind of walked out. But yeah, no, I hear you. That but, is mad chat. I don't think that's right to lock off people in that. Yeah, home. it's coming. Um, we're meant to be we won't do it here. We will never, we will never lock people in that. No, nah, there's too many, too many sort of free yeah, cases. Bad politics, right? Yeah. A it's lot of pre-departure tests will come back as well, like for double jab. Those, those well. are such a yeah. fucking scam. Yeah, yeah. So but that's actually, coming back. For Fra so France have just announced. Uh, first, it was like, it was weird because they rolled out the non-EU uh, announcement one day saying if you're non-EU and double jabbed you need a pre-departure test within 48 hours and then it's basically similar to Switzerland and Israel now anyone coming from the UK has to do it so that I think is a very low lift I'm actually shocked I didn't have to get a PCR to come back here I would have expected to. Not anymore, really, because I, I went on a holiday in the summer, I had to go to fucking sure. Malta. Yeah, so when I came <laughs> back- to get scammed. Well, so when I came back from Spain, I had to do it, right? Yeah. But now, at the advent of this new variant, whatever, however we're worried or not, I was shocked that coming back from America, I didn't have to have a PCR. I would have taken a PCR test willingly as a condition of coming home, sure, but like it's not on the government mandate. I just need to have one on day two. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't really sort of find any sort of fucking logical consistency in anything the government's done for yeah. the last year and a half. Like, They're fucking hopeless. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They are yeah. fucking hopeless. But shout out a person in Italy who we can only describe as a man in his 50s who wanted a COVID vaccination certificate without actually getting the ting so badly that he turned up to his appointment with a fake arm and tried to get away with it. <laughs> oh, yes. The man arrived for his shot with a silicone mold covering his real arm, hoping it would go unnoticed, but a nurse was not fooled and the man has now been reported to the police, <laughs> you snitch. The nurse told local media that when she'd rolled up his sleeve, she found the skin rubbery and cold and the pigment <laughs> too light uh, after being discovered. The man tried to persuade the nurse to turn a blind eye, La Repubblica reported, but instead she reported him to the police for fraud. What did he do with his real arm? Did he just like tuck it in? Put it in like a sleeve. You know when maybe? you walk around playground with and pretend that your arm was chopped off? Yeah. I mean, the audacity of him to think that a nurse of all people would not know what a real, <laughs> real arm looks like. <laughs> that is very jokes. Oh, man. But yeah, um, really, really hope that this is the last COVID-related story Never we ever. present in 2021. At the very least, I'm kind of I'm kind of down to take the Florida approach. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. We get, kind of just get lit. I mean, fuck the old people. Bro. Yeah, I don't know if we. <laughs> yeah, exactly. people in Florida I don't know if well. we need to be banning mask mandates or anything like that. But yeah, I think we took a stance before this Omicron stuff that people die every day. Be yeah. Um, and now we've been forced to make this decision. Also, you notice it's like the way people react to it in different parts of even London is just so mental. Like I remember the first lockdown, I walked through like Kensington, Chelsea. Fuck all people out, no one around. Mm. Walk through like Brixton and Peckham, people just live their lives. Yeah. Like, and like that's been the whole way, that'll be the whole way still. But like. wings and things are open, the people will go. <laughs>
I actually say? was in a chicken shop last summer and someone shouted out Rishi Sunak for paying for his wings. I think that's because <laughs> like obviously everybody in the country was getting furloughed and like having money just put into their bank account. I think I could be wrong, but I think that's the first time I've heard the name of a cabinet minister mentioned in a Morley's <laughs> in a positive way. <laughs> it's a good way. Of getting, it's a good way of getting votes. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. More than more than Keir Starmer's doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's skills that, that's very well one, done that's our one very well week. done yeah that's no very well done week. you worked that in uh where do we go to next we've got a few things that we're going to talk about today we're going to be talking about we said her name we, we're trying to figure out how we say her name peng shui it's like the the chinese tennis girl yeah um we could go there we could talk about your boy wiley um every jew's favorite well, artist wiley. yeah not our boy not, <laughs> your boy, not my boy He's your boy. He's more your... For the first time ever, Rich is going to know what it feels like to be a minority. I'm, gonna, I'm saying, man, I'm glad you addressed the elephant in the room. <laughs> Fucking hell. I kind of know what you've been feeling like these last 29 episodes. Threatening, Jesus. Isn't it? Threatening. Fucking hell. What can I say? Weird how like, Jews have found a way to control this part of the media as well. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't go there. Let's fuck it. Let's, let's, let's stay there. Let's stay there. Let's stay in a topic you feel comfortable discussing. Yeah, exactly. Twitter and Instagram have once again suspended the accounts of British rapper Wiley after he shared a deluge of anti-Semitic content on the platform. Deluge. Deluge. What constitutes a deluge? <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, Rick exactly. Brown and Jack I would Mendel, say Johnny basically. did a deluge of posts. <laughs> that was a massive deluge. That um, was a small trickle of high quality content. Small trickle. Yeah. Uh, the, There's more to come. <laughs> the Twitter account Wiley Recordings was permanently suspended for violations of the Twitter rules on hateful conduct policy. A company spokesperson confirmed to Jewish News on Thursday. Wiley's Instagram account by the same name is also no longer online. The social media giants took action after the London-based campaign against anti-Semitism or the CAA informed them about anti-Semitic posts uploaded by the rapper. Um, these included a number of posts and videos. One included, uh, what well, was titled rather, The Jewish Faces That Control Hip Hop and Mainstream Black Music, Very and good. a clip by notorious anti-Semite and Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan, in which the latter said, I'm here to separate the good Jews from the satanic Jews. Very well, good. If you had to say, are we good Jews or satanic Jews? Are you putting me on the spot? Yeah. 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 Well, we've known each other for about 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Good vibe so far. Bless. Johnny's a bad breed. What? Like what people don't know about Johnny is Johnny's actually a bad breed. Satanic Jew. How so, is we went to the same shoe. Yeah, we did well, the fucking moments together. No, I'm not saying that. I was just, you know, just posing the question. You're cool. You're cool for now. Um, Cancelled. You, <laughs> you're uh you're you're right. I'll take that. That's almost the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Jew. Yeah, I'll take that. Um Am I right still? Am I, am yeah, I, yeah, am no. I cool? You're I'm cool. Yeah, am I, I'm all right. Am I You're right? surviving. Jesus Christ! In my own fucking yard. Crazy. Um, yeah. In a separate tweet, he wrote, "If you work for a company owned by two Jewish men and you challenge the Jewish community in any way, of course you will get fired." At one point, Wiley changed his Twitter profile picture to that of a senior figure from the CAA, who he proceeded to taunt in a number of tweets. Now, it's been a crazy week for. Uh, for anti-semitism i mean i think in many respects every week is a mad week for anti-semitism and i know you josh in particular i was doing some research obviously before you came that this is something that you've been writing about quite a bit recently mm -hmm. um and there is a funny story that we're going to go to because the azim rafiq um situation that's going on that had him taking pictures with the holocaust survivor so I'm i was so, there for I, that oh man honestly then pictures i was dying laughing yeah yeah so i i, I, I was dying laughing but we'll get on to yeah, that yeah but like um guys wiley 
we started like, just for context. We started this podcast probably about two or three weeks too late. Yeah. Mm. So we couldn't get the like the proper proper Wiley yeah, meltdown, yeah. Um, which was really really annoying because I really wanted to get into it. But so as I said look. a few as I said a few weeks ago, the baby was a thought leader because he found <laughs> he found the sponsor in the gay community to to uncancel him. Mm. Uh, two weeks ago, I offered to uncancel Wiley for a million pounds, and he heard you. Uh, that price is now two million pounds. Yeah. <laughs> the offer still stands. Um, Wiley seems to think that we're all about the money. I mean, doubling the price does seem to suggest it's somewhat financially driven. It's not entirely wrong. It's not <laughs> entirely told you, wrong. Told you's a bad breed. It's not entirely wrong. We, we got to eat, right? Yeah. I got a holiday to pay for. Yeah, true. These Instagram campaigns don't pay for themselves. Correct. Um, but what is what? As I've as I think I've said before about no. Wiley, let's get into it, man. Devlin, how does it make you feel, honestly? What, what, Wiley talking shit into it, about the Jews. We, we touch upon yeah. Like what's changed? What, what he's this guy? The only he Wiley is basically becoming a posh girl from West Hampstead, <laughs> in that he's all he talks about is Jews. He's oh, Wiley yeah? is that is, a thing? Wiley is a Jewish girl from West Hampstead. Is that a thing? Very obsessed with the Jewish community. Very like, obsessed in, with the, Jewish in the North London Jewish bubble. Uh, yeah, Johnny's referring to a certain group of like very cliquey Jewish girls uh, who both of us have probably tried to shag and failed to shag, <laughs> uh, which obviously has nothing to do with it. Are very just obsessed it. with the Jewish world. Always talk about who who knows who, who's going to who's synagogue, who's doing blah 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 blah. Blah. Yeah. But your point is basically that he's become, he's got like Jewish brain worms, right? Like he just has this obsession that the world's turned against him because he doesn't like Jews. And it's just like, well, yeah, I mean, maybe, but like, that's probably all right because you're being bare, <laughs> bare anti <laughs> Talking head of shit, huh? <laughs> yeah. What do you expect to happen? Yeah. What do you expect to happen? And like, I, I kind of thought originally with Wiley that he sort of adopted this kind of slightly American like flavor of anti Semitism, which is just like a lot of like, Black artists sort of didn't like their Jewish managers and then made it into a Jewish thing and like took the sort of personal beefs that they may have had with like individual Jewish people that, you know, potentially did some weird shit with their management or whatever. I don't know. But like has then made it into like, I now hate all Jews. And Mm -hmm. that's like, that's, I think, the fucked up thing. And it's like this, this ignorance of like, and also, like, I don't know, is, ment- is, like, is he like, mentally well? Oh, like, he's not. He's, he's not absolutely not. at all. He's not. Like, even when, like, what, like, was it fucking, when was it, the Stormzy beef, where he sort of, like, really just took yeah. several fucking massive L's over yeah, and over yeah, again yeah. Yeah. He kept uploading his own L's onto YouTube. Yeah. That just, was a great summer. He's, like, chronically addicted to posting his own L's, like, just over and over again. As, as Devlin said on the, on the war report, on Logan's Sama Kiss 100 sometime around 2005 William your tit fake like silicon sniffs got to your brain cells and is killing them you bang girls at a 15 I'm only 17 and I still wouldn't do that your career's dead like Biggie and Tupac etc etc right Wiley's been a wrong'un thank you Wiley's been a wrong'un from day yeah. from day he's mm. just had enough money that the PR's been able to like and his music was probably good him. enough like, yeah, it was. He invented the genre. He came out with wearing my Rolex and then in he just Bowie's rubbed really? himself out. Yeah. Rubbed himself out. We're, so we're, I, I think we're we in his ends, by the way. So just be a bit more respectful. Well, again, I'm, I'm sat here for two million quid if he wants me to turn, yeah, turn yeah, the script yeah. around. Yeah. Um, but fuck him. Fuck this guy. Like, when was, when was the last time Wiley released a banger? Bosey. Bosey is quite recent. That was carried that... by Idris Elba, that track. <laughs> is that a banger? I fucking hate Idris Elba's part. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I got this weird thing where I kind of hate Idris Elba in most things. It's really weird. Why? I thought he was bad in the Bossy Got video. I think he's getting away with murder out here. Really? Honestly, yeah. I, are, I you, watched... are you anti-black? So I think he was amazing in Luther. Amazing in Luther. Yeah. And I think when that movie comes out, it's going to be great. What about The Wire? Have you watched back The Wire and listened to that accent, man? No. Someone on Twitter was like, you can hear him go really British when he shouts. Oh my God. Like really Anything that he's ever done in America, just watch it back. Honestly. The Office. He was in that. He's done like a few episodes yeah, of The yeah, Office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
pretty shit accent. There's actually. a new thing like, Netflix is quite good in the Western. Yeah, one. the uh, harder they fall. Yeah. His character in the that is a little, yeah. Character. His character exactly. His his character in that is a little bit more dark, and it's almost kind of similar, sort of in terms of the way he speaks and his diction to Luther. Um, so he doesn't necessarily have to have like a real. There's not really a massive focus on his accent in that right. film because he doesn't say as much. But um, yeah, I think he's getting away with murder. Beautiful man, beautiful man. That's it though, isn't it? That's that's how he carries it. Talented right? DJ, MCs, all that stuff. He's talented for Boxer sure as well, apparently. But I'm not sure on his acting. And I think some of many, Ooh, actually, I think take. many of his films. How will his career recover from this damning indictment? Well, look, I mean, <laughs> is it, is, we're just here to tell the truth. Is he James people. Bond? Is he not James Bond? Um, he's going to be in. I think the latest update from that is that he's going to be in the film, just not as James Bond. Oh, interesting. I think he'd be a good Bond. Mm. I mean, I, don't, I haven't watched any of those films for like five years, but like, whatever. I called it, I called it episode two, yeah. episode three. Shopper Deary, the uh, should be the next Bond. Yeah. He's the guy. Anyway, back to Wiley. Shouldn't just, just shouldn't be black. But back to Wiley. <laughs> we just don't have to do it. Don't have to. But he's sick in Gangs of London. It's very mm. Bond-esque. We didn't have Jaden. We didn't have Jason the Bourne identity before. And we built him, and they made it. Just, just have another one. Yeah. Who the fuck did they give? They gave that to the weird dude from Marvel from the Avengers, yeah. and then they fucked that, so they went yeah. back to Matt Damon. Exactly. Matt. Anyway, Wiley. Damon. Bad guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what's the hot take? The guy's a nutter. He's been a nutter from day. He hasn't released a banger in fucking ages. Fine, he's got this like some kind of reverence as the guy who kind of. But that's kind of fading because like he hasn't released any good music. In time. Chronically lost against Stormzy in that, you know, the big beef. When even was that? I can't remember. But like. Two years ago. It was probably like. Yeah, I think it was during lockdown. 2020, I think. Was it? When, well, when all, when all, when all the beef tracks were coming lockdown, out. right? Maybe, yeah. Like but that's February. when they were like literally going back back and forth. Like Storms yeah. would release a track and then he'd release and a track. And then Stormzy bait him out for yeah. sending his mum to Cyprus. Yeah, that was the hardest part of the whole lot. Yeah. Anyway, so you give Wiley, he's basically like, he's been cancelled. Then he was actually allowed to go on to Sky News and that, that geezer interviewed him in the park and he looked yeah. like a nutter. And then he sat down with Poet and like it made himself look even more stupid, yeah. um, which is quite a mean feat when you've got such a friendly interviewer. Um <laughs> I don't know what else there is to say. Like some people are just dickheads and there is a special kind of dickhead who, ha who has a focus on a particular subject. Yeah. Why is a special dickhead with a focus on a particular subject? I, I think also like people obviously bang on about cancel culture, people and people's careers ending, blah, 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 blah. But like, this is a very clear case of someone who's actually just a bit of a wrong and got some real like kind of nasty racist shit in their head. Mm. And also I think fundamentally has not made any effort to just be like, yeah, that was a bit fucked up. Mm. Shouldn't have said that. This is the reason why I said it's it. Doubling down. Yeah. Doubling down, going harder and harder. How do you guys feel? What do you think about Twitter taking him off though? Cancelling his accounts in, so in this So for entirety. someone like Wiley, I'm like, and it's kind of the same thing with Trump, right? I'm happy for dickheads to expose themselves constantly. Like I mean, it's maybe a bit more dangerous to Trump because like he runs for office and sometimes people vote for him. Yeah. No one's ever going to take Wiley seriously saying this shit, right? I think the thing is though, is that if you take people off these platforms, you basically say to them that these views aren't going to make you money. They're not going to get you publicity. They're not going to get your appearances. Like when Katie Hopkins got kicked off everything, people basically didn't hear about her. You know, she's just sort of fucked off into the ether. Yeah. Like, do you remember, do you know Milo Yiannopoulos from a few yeah. years back? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like he was fucking deplatformed from everyone and someone found a video and he's now having to like pretend to not be gay yeah, and shell yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And, and fucking shill for like a Catholic figurine company and so do like jokes. QVC wow. shit. Like it's a really depressing thing that's happened to him. But it's also proper jokes because his whole thing was like, I'm not racist, I'm fucking a black guy. Yeah. And now he's suddenly not gay anymore. Suddenly not gay yeah. and like has had to repent for all his Nazi shit that he said. <laughs> but the, the, the point is, is that if you get rid of the mainstream ways of these people to make money and get attention, then they either have to double down and go more insane and get more marginalized and become more niche yeah. and basically fuck off from mainstream view 
or they sort of have to give up and you know apologize and have some cap in their hand and come back. The, the thing, the thing that I, the thing that gets me about Wiley versus people like not Kate Hilton, she's fucking it, but people like Milo Yiannopoulos is that there is some potential for those views to be influential because he's an intelligent bloke. Yeah. Right. He's a Schiller, but he's not a moron. Yeah. Right. And there is uh, he he would be capable of refining that speech to make it more dangerous. Wiley just doesn't have the range to get into this kind of discourse seriously, right? But I don't think you can draw... Like, where do you draw a line? That's such, like, a subjective thing. So I think if, you, if, if people do a racism, you can, you can just kick them off. Mm. And, like, there's yeah. an argument that, like, if it, if it had been about, you know, a different type of racism, maybe we wouldn't be having this conversation. But because I think there's a bit... More, there seems to be a bit more of a grey area when it comes well, to... Well, this is your point, and this is what you wrote about, right? Yeah. Like, maybe you should expand on that a little bit more. Yeah, it basically... Like, I wrote this article this week that was basically, like... For a lot of people, there seems to be this weird kind of like blind spot when it comes to anti-Semitism. Like there's a lot of like very progressive, very anti-racist people who do good work, call out shit when they see it. You know, people that will like post those videos of like Karen's calling, you know, cops on a black guy just for fucking minding his own business. Mm. But weirdly, they just don't seem to give as much of a shit when it's about Jews. And maybe that's because, you know to look at me and Johnny or, you know, most other Jews, you wouldn't necessarily know it. We don't stick out. It's not like an obvious skin color thing or whatever. Mm. But it, it does kind of feel sometimes that like anti-Semitism isn't taken as seriously as other forms of racism. Mm. Um, and I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because of like one of the big stereotypes about Jews is that we're all, you know, rich and control the media or whatever. But it, it, yeah, it's just kind of disappointing to see mm. people who condemn anti-racism in all its forms have like a bit of a blind spot about Jews. And the thing I wrote about was there was this video that went around. Um, we actually published in Jewish Chronicle about these kids getting shouted at um, when they're just celebrating Hanukkah in Oxford street by these guys. They're like banging on the bus window. They're like screaming at them, like, like really sort of like nasty mm, threatening shit. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people just didn't seem to care. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I kind of, I do get, I get a bit uneasy when we start verging towards no other race discourse. And that's not, you're not, you're not going as far as no other race. I know you're not, but it's when, when Jews like David Baddiel come out and say that anti-Semitism, write a fucking book on saying anti-Semitism is treated differently to other races. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure it is. I'm not entirely sure it is. I think that Jews experience anti-Semitism in the same way that other minorities experience racism in their communities. Mm. We've just got a lot bigger platform to write about it. Yeah. And we're often we're often better heard than other communities no, I, of colour. Yeah, right? I agree. And so there is a lot more column inches and airtime devoted to us complaining about it that other minorities don't have access to. Yeah. I'm sure when um when when East Asians in America were being attacked last year, yeah. they probably felt like, why does no one care? It's the exact same discourse as we're having, you know? When black people being deported under the wind rush uh, and flights taking off to Jamaica for people who were born in this country. Uh, they were saying, well, it doesn't seem like anybody cares. So I get uneasy when we start verging on the, the it's treated differently shtick. I don't, I don't necessarily think it is treated differently. I do think there's, there is a unique association between, or is that there's a unique dissonance between separating anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism. And I think that people cross that line very easily. And that's something that maybe is less applicable to other minorities. But the idea that Jews in particular suffer a unique kind of race that nobody gives a shit about. I think that's wrong. I think that all forms of racism are uniquely felt by their own people. Uh, and really the only way that you address them is, I don't want to kind of get into platitudes, but the only way you address them is solidarity among the different minorities and understanding that there are wrongs in each community. There are dickhead Jews who talk shit about black people. There are dickhead yeah. black people who talk shit about Jews. That's not to say that either of us 
should feel like any of our complaints are adequately heard because until there isn't any racism, then we're all going to feel like we're being oppressed. And the idea yeah. is that all racism gets stamped out equally because whilst any form of racism stands, the, yeah. someone's going to feel like they're not being listened to. Yeah, no, definitely. And like, I was actually speaking to an Irish friend about it and obviously like Jews and Irish are different in so many ways, but she was basically saying that like a lot of anti-Semitism seems pretty similar to like anti-Irish things where like there's this working class one that's sort of based in like ignorance because you've probably never met a Jew or never met necessarily an Irish person or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then there's this sort of like posher, more insidious yeah. sort of, um, like I was at a party the other day with this really, really posh woman and she was like, oh, I hear you work for the Jewish Chronicle now. And I was like, yep. And she's like, wow, it's so brave of you to just, you know, put it all out there and just sort of <laughs> nail your colors to the mask. And I was like, brave. Like, I got a job. They're paying me money. It's not brave. Like, and like, that's the difference, right? Is that wow. like, it's, it's probably for all types of racism. Like you shouldn't, you know, gatekeep or whatever. But like, yeah. there is like this sort of posh strain of it where people like, it's more dog whistly than it is. And then there's like the sort of more, I guess, you know, working class racism where it's just more shouty and like, you know, the West Ham fans on the plane the other week showing at that that Orthodox Jewish guy. Yeah, mm. like diff there's different, you know, there's different types. It's all bad, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll finish this by going back to where we started a couple of weeks ago. We focused on cricketer Azim Rafiq, who sat in front of us all and said how bad his experiences were in Yorkshire Cricket yep. Club, I think it was, yep. only to then have his old Facebook shenanigans outed to the world in which he himself had a few not so nice things Sus. to say. Yeah. <laughs> borderline, Sus. Some borderline Some comments. Some borderline right? stuff. Um, Over the boundary. Um, yeah, which, were, which were anti-Semitic. The, the cricket fans out there. <laughs> which were anti-Semitic. Shout out um, And uh, Josh and the Mandem ran up on him and was like, so, <laughs> so there's this museum we want you to visit. Yeah. Um, and we got a very special guest yeah. uh, who survived the Holocaust. Don't know if you know about that, Azim. He actually, uh, <laughs> so funniest thing is, is that we, um, someone asked him and they were talking to this woman who was in Auschwitz and he had never heard of Auschwitz. Uh, like never heard of it, period. Wow. So I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty fucked up. If we're talking about L's, that's got to be yeah. one of 2021's biggest ones. Yeah, but then again- It, it does feel like- <laughs> It does feel like he's been fucked a bit, but yeah, shit. I mean, he, what you do in the dark the, comes the, out to light, the guy right? Grew up in, the guy grew up and went to school in this country, mm. right? Kind of like the wider question is, why is the education system not teaching kids in these communities about the horrors of Auschwitz? It's the exact same reason that we don't teach kids about horrors of slavery. We don't mm. teach kids mm. about the horrors of all kinds of genocides and atrocities. Happening. Yeah. The guy was an ignorant kid when he wrote these tweets. Yeah. Obviously, he's a dickhead. He's obviously a dickhead. But we address this, like, the statute's limitations and how long you take. He very clearly doesn't believe those things. These yeah, things and are. also, like, it doesn't... I think also using a fairly, you know, common anti-Semitic slur in a Facebook message when you're 19 mm. is very different than people, you know, to your face saying the P word at you. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a different thing. Agreed. He's also a single dickhead teenager. He's yeah. not an entire yeah, institution. It's not institutional. On, 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 on whom your livelihood depends. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think the funniest thing about that, I was at the Jewish Museum with Azim Rafiq. I spoke to him. He seemed, uh, you know, fairly contrite about it. It was quite an interesting day. But we, anyway, we tweeted all this stuff out. And the funniest comment that I saw was someone was like, it's just funny that when you get accused of racism, um, like he was, they then show you like absolute weapons grade racism. So they're like, you you said a Facebook slur. Uh, you said a slur on Facebook. Here's the fucking Holocaust, big man. <laughs> <laughs> So they're like, oh, you're an anti-Semite. Nah, these are anti-Semites. Um, I, 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 I hope we all learn from this. Wiley, Azim, 
I hope we learn. I would like to add to Johnny's point about uncancelling Wiley for two million. I will take him to the Jewish Museum if he wants it. <laughs> I will take Wiley to Auschwitz. And that would be your payment. You don't need two mil. I'll take Wiley. Well, no, to- I'm, I'm presuming I'll split it with Johnny. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh, I will take Wiley to Auschwitz and I'll just leave him there. Yeah. And he can walk back. Fuck him. Yeah. Very good, very, very good. We are now going to talk about a story which we touched upon in the quiz, actually. I think we touched upon this. It was one of Tommy's quiz questions mm-hmm. last time around. Uh, and we said we'd come back to it. And things have developed quite a bit in the meantime. Um, I'm not sure if you are aware, but there is a pretty well-known, um, very successful Chinese tennis player called Peng Shui. Apologies if we have got that wrong. We still haven't quite figured. That's or a massive we. I haven't landed. actually mispronounced it yet. But you said Peng Shui. I haven't pronounced anything. Which you did. It's not on recording. Um, um, but yeah, this has developed um, quite somewhat. She disappeared um, after making some um, accusations towards somebody very, very high up in the Chinese government. And I'll give you the background because as of this week, the Women's Tennis Association has announced the immediate suspension of all tournaments in China amid concerns around this tennis player, Peng Shui, who disappeared from public view for three weeks after accusing a top Chinese official of sexual Assault. The WTA chief Steve Simon has said he has serious doubts that Peng was free, safe, and not subject to intimidation, and as a result, made the very brave and bold step to withdraw. Mrs. Peng is a prominent. I fi- know <laughs> oh, it's a great name. Um, is a prominent figure in Chinese tennis with almost ten million dollars in career prize money introduced to the sport by her uncle when she was. Eight, um, after sharing an accusation of this Chinese official on Weibo, uh, the tennis Weibo. player was, sorry? Weibo. Okay, Weibo. <laughs> the tennis player was not heard or seen publicly for several weeks. That was until the 17th of November when state media outlet CGTN published on Twitter that it was claimed, what it was claimed to be, an email from Miss Peng, um, which looked a little bit, dodgy to say the least if you can pull that up it does and then several days later there were some pictures which emerged of mrs peng uh sitting at a dinner table um amongst other things with a caption that says happy weekend um of her out with some people but obviously the authenticity of that picture was also questioned um obviously as i said the wta are like nah b we out but this has called into question the moral standpoint of the IOC, which is the International Olympic Committee, um, who have kind of been a little bit... Uh... It's not even just them, though, because it's like also the NBA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, we... the IOC refused to call Taiwan, Taiwan. So yeah, exactly. So they released a statement. They released a statement saying they, they had spoken with Mrs. Peng and she appeared to be safe and well. Very good. But the pressure is mounting on them to take a firm stance. So, how do we attack this one? I mean, I'm tempted to take the, like, the, the box standard Labour MP line, a la Richard Burgeon, and be like, well, people go missing in America as well. Uh, we shouldn't be focusing on, on Chinese tennis players going missing. No one's heard from Andy Roddick in 15 years. <laughs> Does anyone know he's still alive? True. Um, I mean, what what is there to say? Get about, yourself out of this one, buddy. What, what is there? What is there to say? I mean, China's kind of China. There's a lot of there's a lot of shtick about China at the moment, and um, it's it's a particular problem in our political establishment because they've been very effectively buying influence for the last ten to fifteen years after the Russians vacated the space when commodity prices collapsed around two thousand nine, and you won't hear a lot of commentary on it, but. 
we almost got to the point where the CCP was running our telecommunications infrastructure yeah. through 5G, et cetera. So the level of influence that they've got here is so stark that I'm less, I'm kind of, I'm less worried about a single tennis player going missing when our government kind of refuses, condemns millions and millions of Uyghur Muslims being fucking bodied in the West. Are you saying you don't care about paying? Time. I do care about paying, but I think the wider issue is the conduct of the, the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> the wider conduct of the Chinese Communist Party. And it's just paying black girls you care about, right? Boom. Very good. See what I just did there? Yeah, it was very good. Shout out Route 73. There was layers in that Shout joke as well. Um, but there's a wider problem with how we, how we confront the CCP. How do you confront the superpower when they start behaving like this, when you've effectively voted to become a regressive little island on the corner of the Atlantic Ocean? I think Ocean. it's 22, 20 years too late for that. We've lost, man. We've, yeah, I mean, we're fucked, right? Yeah, they're they, building they, like fucking 10 airports a week. We're they so are, fucked. They are now having their centre of embarrassment on us for yeah. fucking them during the Opium Wars. Like, what, what do you say? Um, how do you, how do we... How, obviously, it's fucking awful this girl's gone missing. She tried to raise a rape case and then she's, she's been gone missing. Yeah, how do you do anything about it? It's it's really it's time for China not widely known as being sort of like the thought leaders in the Me Too space either. Not, <laughs> yeah. like, not exactly a safe environment yeah, for those kind of revelations. Sure, right? I mean, you basically just need like a lot of different communities, government, the left, Twitter, whatever, need to grow up and basically confront the fact that China is not this socialist left wing ideal of economic prosperity. It's actually a deeply insidious dictatorship where the guy who runs the country is now president for life. And people go missing for dissenting. It's time to face that reality. Yeah, so I mean, is the question then, like, for someone like the, the WTA, like, should they stand up to China then? Because you, you're kind of saying it seems a bit pointless, like, that they're doing these little things. Whereas, like, I don't know, maybe just from an optics perspective, maybe it's fucking hollow, maybe it's not. But, like, you've got to do something, right? Like, in the same way that, like, FIFA should probably boycott, you know, Qatar, right? Yeah. Or, like, the NBA should stop playing games in China. Or, like, yeah. any of these things. It would be nice if people gave a shit. Like, I just think it would be nice if people said, fuck it, we'll take an L, we'll lose some money, yeah. we'll lose out on the sort of the Chinese blood money, and we'll just be a bit more principled. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I agree. But And you have basketball players like Ennis Cantor who've gone missing. Yeah. Uh, like, had been career cancelled to the extent where LeBron James comes out and talks shit about him for, talk, for trying to defend the Uyghur Muslims like it's totally mental well that's the thing right Meza Ozil essentially had the exact Basically, same thing right yeah. so to your to, I agree with your point Josh completely but to the wider point that you guys have both made yes making a stand pulling out the NBA or whatever it may be will be absolutely the right thing to do but the political ties and the power that China has means that they will enact revenge somehow yeah but I mean like at the end of the day you can only do what you can do right like the WTA can't do anything more than that like you've got to start somewhere and if you actually believe about can confronting china which most people i don't know you everybody wants to buy cheap chinese goods and not really mm. think too much about our relationship with china yeah. but if we at some point decided to wake up and be like actually fuck these guys you got to do you got to start somewhere you got to do these little yeah. things that you know yeah. are ultimately pretty not going to change the world but like it's important i think yeah and actually the, uh, don't get me twisted the point i'm trying to make is that i think the wta probably show more cojones than most, oh, Western, yeah. most western superpowers certainly more than the ioc as a count as like a relative counterpart um, the point that I was getting at is that it's time to wake up and it's time to realize that in its attempt to ascend to superpower status, we kind of, we tried in 2010 to have this decade of prosperity under Cameron and Osborne. <laughs> Clearly it hasn't had the influence that we thought it was going to have. They basically just laughed at us, took some sterling and lent it out to other countries to build the Belt and Road Initiative. Um, 
it's, it's, it's time to confront China as an issue. And that doesn't make you less of a leftist because they happen to have a hammer and sickle on their flag. It's time to really keep saying the same point. It's time to understand that this is a repressive regime. This is a repressive dictatorship. And until we start attempting some kind of economic retaliation or diplomatic retaliation, tennis players will keep going missing, as will regular citizens. It's only fortunate that sh people in the West know who the fuck Peng Shui is. I'm sure there are millions of other uh, Chinese people who go missing, just as there are millions of documented Uyghur who- Jack Ma came up missing, missing, right? He came back a bit, yeah. He's yeah. he's paid the tax, right? He's 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 done the baby. Yeah. He's done what Wiley needs to do. <laughs> he's paid to be uncancelled. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I don't know Wiley, so I don't know why you keep looking at me. Um, <laughs> we will send it. I mean, how will we even send it to him now? He's not on any of the socials. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> he got email. We'll find, we'll find his email. Thoughts with Peng, man. We hope she's safe, right? We'll yeah. probably hear from her again, right? It probably won't get much worse from a perspective of her safety. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you I don't know. People go missing she, for a long she, time. Is she too high profile? I mean, Jack Ma was pretty, pretty Not high people profile. high profile. I just don't think they give a shit, man. I they just don't care. They don't care. They, they will say, come and get it. Yeah. Come and get it if you really want. I mean, the white, these people are probably about to invade Taiwan in the next few years, right? It's missing tennis players, the least of their concerns. Yeah. Right, we've actually only got a couple more things to, to discuss. Oh, your boy, your boy, while, while we're here. Your boy. My boy. Um, I mean, I mean happy to you really like jack dorsey oh man like <laughs> stepping down he stepped down yeah we should ask the blue tick guy really because oh shit yeah we forgot about that yeah yeah obviously as a blue tick twitter person i'm sort of duty bound to defend the platform all yep. casting it's <laughs> yep. really great what they're doing is that part yeah. of the terms and condition you get the blue tick yeah yeah it's like a super, yeah Twitter, you get a super secret entry in certain but clubs. he had that whole like uh, steve jobs <laughs> things happen right where i think essentially after they went public he got sacked didn't he i think that's the story he got Did sacked he? and then he came back in um, and there were some questions about his 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 focus on the company, and because he was pretty eccentric with all the facial hair and the nose rings, and generally I was looking, about to say, yeah, some questions. Generally looking quite head. unbathed um, half of the time. He runs his entire business from an iPhone. He doesn't have a laptop. He doesn't have a. Tablet. That sounds like a fucking nightmare, mate. He Honestly. runs his entire business off the Notes app on his iPhone. And Square. And that's why well. Twitter is such a fucking shit show. <laughs> yeah. No wonder yeah. the shareholders are losing their shit. Yeah. Huh? yeah, no wonder they had to get rid of fucking fleets. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but he is, um, he, as you know, he, he owns uh, Square, yeah. which obviously owns Cash App and a couple of other companies. And he has just, I think he's done essentially what Google did, right? They 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 renamed the sort of parent company overall Alphabet. holding it from to, to Alphabet. Mm -hmm. he, is, he has changed the name of his company to Block. Um, and Block is now the company, the overarching company, which owns Cash App and Tidal and a couple of the other Does companies. Does he own Tidal he now? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. owns Tidal. Oh, he bought, sold it. Yeah, we spoke about it. Um, he bought, yeah, Jay-Z sold it to him. Um, Who the fuck uses Tidal? Yeah, isn't it? Quite a few people. So you don't, to, you don't to, see that many people posting their title rap. Yeah, to be fair. It, it was their rollout in the beginning, which really pissed people off because it's when they got all those rich artists to come and yeah. say, please help us get paid even more. <laughs> that was so yeah. jealous. The reality is that Tidal pay out their artists way better than oh, really? any of the other platforms. And they're now actually introducing- Does it cost a lot more? No, it's not much more. It's probably, no, it's actually pretty similar. Oh, really? Who's on Tidal that you can't find anywhere else? No, it's all the same. It's much of a muchness in terms of the content, but- um, you know, the interviews that they get and all of that kind of additional content is typically uh, where these right. companies uh, differentiate themselves. But, you know, you get Taylor Swift across all of them, you get Jay-Z across all of them. Didn't they but have what some... Tidal are doing, which is interesting now, is unlike a lot of other streaming platforms, is if you are paying £10 a month for Tidal and you only listen to an artist, the percentage of your money that goes to that artist is way more 
as opposed to this sort of even distribution, which isn't actually an even distribution because if you've got big artists like Ed Sheeran, Ariana Grande, Taylor Swift on these platforms, they're typically going to want the bigger proportion as will their labels. Mm -hmm. But Tidal are the only company at the moment that I'm aware of that has the actual uh, distribution according to listenership. So it's actually, it's actually the superior streaming platform in terms of what it stands for, um, in terms of sound quality, when you do all of the analysis, do you but, have a but it's just it, the market, the market, the market share just isn't in there. Uh... Do you, do you have a blue tick on Tidal? Is that what this entire <laughs> segment's about? No, I don't have a blue tick at all. My brother got a blue tick the other day as well. Oh, did he? Yummy. Yeah. Man, like shout out, Yummy. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite sad for me. Yeah, I'd be pissed <laughs> if my brother got a blue tick. Yeah. I'd be. That's to be honest, I'm not on Twitter like that. Um, yeah, no, we've tried. We tried to beat there. <laughs> but yeah, um, not the last we've heard of of Jack Dorsey. And there's not much. Uh, not I do much hope to... he shaves though. Why? I do hope he shaves. Does, I mean, it's he, a ridiculous bit. Billions of dollars, man. You don't have to do it. Don't tell him to shave. Why are you telling yeah, a billionaire what to do? What? Although I will say that Cash App is fucking everywhere in America. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 if like strip when, clubs, especially in it, Johnny. I, I wouldn't know, but um, <laughs> when you like, basically, the service industry is super fucked in America. That like minimum wage is two bucks an hour, and like you have to pay staff tip. Yeah, that's how it works, right? So minimum, two bucks. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's called tip to minimum wage. Yeah. So minimum wage outside of the service industry, minimum wage is 15 bucks an hour in the state of yeah. New York. In the state of New York, if you work in the service industry, $2 an hour is, is your wage. Wild. You make your money on tips. If you don't have cash on you, you say, can I give you a tip on card? They all say, no, we don't take it. But you can send me on Cash App. It's everywhere. Mazza. Including in your favorite strip clubs in Miami. Including in 11 and live in Miami. Thanks. Mazza. Um, let's do relationship advice and then we can end with a tribute to Virgil Abloh. Okay. It's your turn this week, isn't it? It is my turn. Coming, well, coming from the from the ex. Oh yeah, maybe you want to tell shows. the listeners uh, what you were doing before podcast was. We asked Josh if he had been on a podcast before, and he revealed that he had. He went whole chest. He went, yeah, yeah. Been on bare podcast. Uh, no, I've <laughs> <laughs> been on a couple of podcasts before. I used to do this one called "Is It In Yet?" Uh, Sex such and relationship. A, such a good name. Such a good it's name. Such a good name. It's a great. Um, I've also got some relationship and dating serious experience. I was on the Guardian blind dates. Uh, I was on an episode. I had a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I did also have a girlfriend once, um, and I was also on Channel 4's first dates last year. For real. For real. For real. How did I not? To be honest. This it's, is it's on so this much now. I can't keep up with it. Kingston but. Liberal Synagogue's second biggest what, list. What season? Wow, what episode? Time. It is the most recent series that came out January nineteenth, twenty twenty one. First episode. First day on the first episode. How'd you get on? So they made it obviously because they like filmed me four Here comes hours. A story. They cut it and they make it look like you had a great time. She was so dead. <laughs> so dead. Really. Just was vibeless. She, she was really, 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 really Tory. Like, Where in like, London was she from? She was from Fulham. Obviously, uh, worked in politics. You spoke politics over a date. Well, no, because that, that was the whole fucking thing that they like put. Ah, they match. Yeah, they match you based on that. Together, I, I so you that. asked, but don't they match according to what you actually want? Did you put has to be a staunch right or no? His a, application was his application was I run Pretty Patel's Instagram account. Yeah, yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. And they did the rest. No, because they they do like before the show they ask you like all these questions. They're like, would you date a girl missing a limb? Would you date a girl that's blind, deaf, like disabled? Whoa. Uh, would you date someone Most different race? Uh, different, you know, whatever, whatever. I just answered fairly normally and they sent me this absolutely dead girl. <laughs> Was she easy on the eye at least? Well, look, I mean, it's on Channel 4. No, is the answer. <laughs> can, we get, judge can, we, can we get her on the pod? Yeah, for real. I'd, let's, love, let's to let's she, I'd love to know what she has to say about Josh. Of events. <laughs> She's um, watched the episode, I yeah, guess. Exactly. I had to, um, I had to edit this uh, relationship advice quite a little bit. For some reason, when I read it, I was like, oh, if I go with it too detailed then it could reveal too much okay but it's um 
it's 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 a tricky one. Is it someone we know? Uh, someone I know. But well, I don't. No. Okay. Very no. good. Without further ado, I'm 24, and my husband is 32. Husband. Ooh. We have been together for six years, Ooh. and we got married five months ago. I really love him, and we get along pretty well. She's doing some math there. She's 24. Been together six years. Yeah. He waited till she turned 18. So he's. She was 18 when he met. 32 months. Yeah. 26 and 18. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Continue. Uh, we've had a monogamous relationship so far, and he's the first one I've had sex with. Although he had some previous experience before me. The other day I he came. So. <laughs> yeah. The other day he came to talk to me and told me that he wants me to try to have sex with other men. Whoa. He says that he doesn't think it's right for me to have only one person for the rest of my life sexually. What? And that I'll be curious about it in the future and that I need more experience. I'm not sure what to think about it. He says he's okay with it as long as I use protection. We invited a few friends over this weekend and the intention was not sex, but we are really good friends. Some of them were single and he told me to try it. Huh? <laughs> I'm just wondering why he wants me to have sex with other men so bad. Cut I finish. don't know if I want it or not. What do I do? This is mad chat. Yeah, I think he's got a pretty strong like cuck fetish. This is, this is strong cuck fetish vibes. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's doing it just to be like, babe, go out, get some more experience, come back. Let's have, it doesn't even sound like this is an open relationship thing. This is like, I want you to fuck other guys yeah. and I'm going to enjoy you fucking Maybe I'll think about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I might. Maybe like, I can watch it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I, I, like we don't normally slew the people that submit these requests, but I'm going to have to this week. Like, <laughs> As a 26-year-old who drew an 18-year-old virgin, it's probably not a serial gallist. Mm. Probably not a serial gallist. Mm. <laughs> probably understands that at some point she's going to cheat on him anyway. So he's just trying to front run the emotional hurt by pretending that he's in control of the situation. Coming from a pretty dark place, it would seem. Yeah. Like, you don't think he's just like blowing someone else's no, back up and just wants to... Oh, so you think he's like offloading the guilt yeah, by being like, 100%, just go fuck their man. 100%. You don't think? No. Oh. No. Because why would a 26-year-old be drawing an 18-year-old who's never had sex before? This is bad baby vibes. It's like he waited for her to I mean, I don't 18. think... Maybe he didn't target her. He just... She was paying. Turns out she oh, was she had 18, 18 and had hadn't sex. had sex. Where are you when you're 26 and you're meeting 18-year-olds? I mean, me. I completely wouldn't. I mean, yeah, the idea of sleeping with a virgin. Oh, my God. Never. Never yeah, in life. No. Yeah. No. This, this is mad chat. Um, I would say, honey, it's almost too late because you have already married him. Honey. Uh, if you don't have... If there's no prenup and he's got money, you could double up here, basically. Um, you could fuck... Fuck everyone... Uh, until you find someone that it makes economic divorce, economic sense to divorce the first guy and <laughs> leave with. Um, but what I'm sensing here is that the love of your life is a bit of a wrong one. Um, but there isn't, there, there's no reason you shouldn't capitalize on this opportunity. And if he wants you to get it in elsewhere, get it in elsewhere. Why not? But I mean, let's just say that like, you know, to all intents and purposes, she's super into this marriage and right. she's like super into him. That would just like fuck with your head if they're like, Oh, just go fuck other people because you think you know what Rich yeah, said about true. like is he is he blowing out backs you know and trying to do the guilt thing or like several backs several backs get like, blown it's a multi back blow situation <laughs> <laughs> or has he got a weird cuck fetish and like do I want to be married to someone with a cuck fetish like I think it would make you reconsider I mean personally I would just say go live your life fuck fuck some guys why not and you know maybe not that's a free option that, that is, goes yeah. without saying yeah fuck it. fuck other guys for sure is this grounds for divorce. 
It's weird though, isn't it? It's weird chat. <laughs> it is weird chat. Because it doesn't sound like open relationship. As far this as doesn't like, sound like open relationship vibes because she didn't say like, he wants to explore other people as well, right? No. Yeah, no, to be fair. It's, the encouragement is one-sided. Go and fuck other guys. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe she's dead. Well, sack. I did think that. Does he want her to play? Oh, like he it? actually just wants her to learn. To he wants. To, he's basically yeah. looking. He's looking to do a little Ross Barkley send her out on loan. <laughs> see if she comes back and make the first team. Yep. Maybe. Maybe, but then also match chat because like you've that's been the... fucking an eighteen-year-old for six years and you didn't know she was any good at sex. Yeah, and also true. like you actually, have to, right there. You have to take some out. responsibility for the fact that you haven't made her good at sex in six years, right? Like that too. For real. That's the part of that conversation about bad sex that people don't want to have. For real. If you've been with someone for so long and they're dead, my friend, you also. Yeah. Are dead. It takes yeah. total tango. Like, 100%. You've been in six years. If you like, if you want them to do a certain thing, fucking tell them. Yeah. Right? Sex is one of those things that, where you can quickly just turn it into something good if you just watch a few porns and just talk <laughs> a bit more. Yeah. Explore. Yeah. Literally. It's basically what alcohol is for. But is it grounds for divorce? Uh, grounds for divorce, I'm not entirely... They don't have kids. They've just been together. They've been married five months. They've been together for six years, yes. Ah. But if your husband of five months is already saying, break this fucking sanctity, the vows that we've just... <laughs> Going back Sacred to some of the people. Exactly. Can we go back to an old relationship advice segment classic? Okay. And guess the race. Um, okay, if you want. So we used to do this, Josh, on the <laughs> earlier editions of the relationship advice segment. They say, guess the race. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess these are white people. You would be right. Interesting. Yeah. You would be right. Like this proper, like, pinky fucking ring, like white. White oh yeah, 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 oh yeah. this is this is family crest white the yeah. caucasity of yeah, this yeah. the caucasity is, is of big this, here yeah, yeah, yeah. of this scenario is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is loud it's strong <laughs> yes. it's loud it's loud it's very loud it's very loud um we need to advise her we need to be decisive with this advice me and mommy you've already got a free option yeah you might as well just you might like you should just you should say yes sweetheart i'm gonna go fuck other guys and then basically use that time to figure out whether or not your boyfriend's sus because it kind of sounds like maybe this is the only fella she's really met yeah. mm. she has no context to what non-nonces are like mm. in bed <laughs> um yeah. she, she should take that free option so some oats you know 100 yeah. live la vida loca if you will why not and holla johnny i saw his house by the way I saw his house. Ricky Martin. Yeah, yeah. He's got a massive jacuzzi with a dome on the top and like on top of the house. They said they could fit up to 25 men in that jacuzzi. Wasn't that Jackie Chan's? No, Jackie Chan's was the second on the tour uh, that you can rent for 10k a day. Oh, okay. Bargain. Yeah. Fits so, people though. So, so she should, in fact, go and find go on loan. a plethora of yeah. penis. Oh, go on loan. Yeah, for sure. To explore. Yeah. Potentially better herself. Yeah. Um, and her performance wow. in the sack. <laughs> And while she's doing that, process whether or not she actually wants to be with a nonce with that penis for the rest of her life. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, then at the end of the day, I'm guessing that he's probably maybe this is unfair, but like 26 year old, 18 year old, probably got more money than her. Yeah. yeah. So like, pull the ripcord, take off his cash, and fuck off. That's why I asked for that prenup. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why I asked about prenup. Assuming there's no prenup, yeah. pull it, fuck off. See you yeah. later. There you go. Just find uh, the best dick available, and then take nonce's money. Mm. Yeah. Bosh. You don't hear many men being able to tell that story of women saying to them, go and bang up a woman. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> How many women have cut yeah. fetishes? That's not like, is that a women thing? Pretty rare, I think. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I kind of want to celebrate. Sus. I kind of want to like congratulate her on this unique position. That yeah, maybe she's got but I don't think girls want that in But the same they just way. don't want it. They're yeah. just built different to us, right? Yeah. It's a shame. Mm. It's a shame. Just a wasted opportunity. Doesn't know how lucky she has it. <laughs> <laughs> She's actually with the dream man. So continue <laughs> to send your scenarios through either by DM text whatever and we would do 
them as much justice as we can. Um, yeah, we're coming up to the end. Guys, this has been a pleasure. Been short, sharp and punchy this week. Yeah, I think we're like one of the shortest ones we've ever done. Um, Josh, what's this been like for you, buddy? It's been very real. Um, yeah, a lot of good. Yeah, it's good. It's been fun. I yeah. liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, we usually do it a little bit longer. Um, but, you know, we're... Uh, but I'm getting like shit and there's not been a lot going on. There's not been a lot going on. Um, and I think we've covered what we need to cover pretty, pretty appropriately. But obviously, this week was a very, very sad week for anybody who is in fashion, culture, technology, architectural, um, of those interests, rather, with the sudden death of Virgil Abloh. Um, on Sunday night or last week, Sunday, I was just on Instagram. I think I, I literally just come over from lunch with my family. It was my sister's birthday. Shout out Fiona. Shout out. Um, and then I went on the Instagram and it was a post on Virgil's Instagram page, basically stating that he had died. And the, uh, the announcement was, we are devastated to announce the passing of our beloved Virgil Abloh, a fiercely devoted father, husband, brother, son, and friend. He is survived by his loving wife, Shannon. Um, for over two years, he had been valiantly battling a rare aggressive form of cancer, cardioangiosarcoma. And he, he chose, similar to Chadwick Boseman, mm -hmm. to battle this privately since his diagnosis in 2019. Not going to lie, lads. I was very emotional about this. Mm -hmm. Very, very emotional. I had a slight little existential crisis at home because mm -hmm. um, it's just like, man. Life is too short. There's something about this lockdown and obviously I lost my dad last year as well, so I'm still grieving obviously, but like there's something about these stories that are happening more and more and more of young people just dying and crazy mm -hmm. things happening, whether it's Christian Eriksen falling over in it on the pitch and all this other stuff. It's just random shit that's happening, which is just hitting me harder than it ever did before. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Um, but this guy in particular, I didn't like love all of his fashion. Like he started off in this company called Pyrex, then it became Off-White and then he did the collaboration with Nike. Louis Vuitton then signed him as basically giving him the most senior position in, mm. in male fashion, um, giving him the creative director job for male fashion at Louis Vuitton, all in the matter of like a few years. So his career, basically, civil engineer, architectural, academic background to being like the face of fashion, culture, etc., was literally like a five, six year stint. Um, and the outpour of dedication that this guy had from everybody across all whether it be people like Pharrell, Kanye West, obviously, he's massive affiliations to there, Jerry Lorenzo, people like Nigo, you've got the organizations that he's worked with, Nike, Adidas, and so forth. The outpouring was just like something I've never seen before, probably even more than Chadwick Boseman, because this mm -hmm. guy didn't just create trainers, didn't just create clothing, he created luggage, he created furniture, he designed cars, like everything that he did in this short space of time to just stamp his mark. Most people just saw it as, as like the guy who put words in quotations and, <laughs> and wrote them on stuff. But it was a much deeper sort of ideology behind what he mm -hmm. was doing. So it was super, super, super sad. Life is short, fam. You just got to tell people you love him. And that wouldn't have kept him here, right? What he had was a very, very rare form of cancer. And you, you, do you remember, I don't know if you remember Nick Boardman. Um, yep. Yeah, Nick Borman, RIP, my boy. But he had a similar thing. He had a pecoma, um, which was a very rare form of a very rare form of lung cancer. So telling people that you love them doesn't necessarily always save them or keep them here. But it's very, very important that we give people flowers while they are still here because mm. sweet Jesus, man, life is short. It's not promised to anyone. Virgil Abloh, what a fucking legend. All I want to say is just rest in peace. Amen. 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 And there's been so much, so much... Um, 
emotion displayed towards him, specifically in um, Miami, in Wynwood, um, in the heart of Art Basel this week, not only as the creative lead for Louis Vuitton, who are a major player in um, in Art Basel, but as an, as an artist whose style wasn't really, you wouldn't consider it street art, but it very much was of a culture that spoke to street artists. Um, and I was doing a tour of Wynwood um, a few days ago by the time this comes out. And I met three different artists who all said they have never seen an outpouring of grief for any single death uh, as they have um, this week for Virgil Abloh. So like many, I didn't personally fuck with his content. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really my bag, but he seemed like a good dude. He and was a very good I dude. I always admired the way that I never really knew, I never really kept up to date with what he was coming out with, but I always admired the way that he wore so much shit mm. from people who knew and didn't know what they were talking about and stayed true to himself. 100%. And that's you know, admirable. In an elitist, uh, very, very snobbish industry where people want you to go through the necessary channels or the typical mm. sort of channels, um, fashion school, blah, 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 blah. He was, he was the antithesis of all of that. Mm -hmm. And he, as you said, he wore a lot of critique. Um, people who he eventually won over eventually, mm -hmm. um, but not always. And again, whether or not that's the future of things, like the world that we are living in now, everything's sort of been democratized. Before, you know, what we're doing right now in my living room, we would have had to pay a great deal of money to do mm -hmm. in a studio without our own equipment. We would have had to outsource most of things. This, this, uh, this idea that most things are now accessible and ultimately all you need is an idea um, and a great deal of guile and hard work is something that a lot of people who are stuck in their ways aren't quite comfortable with as we move into these modern times. Yeah. And he epitomized that message. I've never seen anything like it. It's probably a week and a bit now and I'm still seeing posts every single day. And the thing to your point that I noticed is the craziest is that like, Channel 4 did a dedication to him and it was just him doing like a DJ set in Visions in Dalston with like, with uh, Boya D and those guys from New Brand Flex. Yeah. And then there's someone who I know on Instagram who's like the stylist of Tiny Temper from years back. And her post was something like, back in 2017 when I didn't know how to, how to, how to take a snap on a camera, I saw Virgil Abloh walking mm. in Shoreditch on his own and, and he was like, I'll be your subject. And then they kept in touch. Wow. And then you got people who... Nobody knew, like, I mean, problematic as, as he is, but Octavian. Mm -hmm. Octavian was just this artist that no one really knew who had a couple of good tunes. And he turned Octavian into a massive fucking statue yeah. in, in, outside of Louis Vuitton, I think in Paris or in New York. Right. Like, this was a guy who just who just connected. He was in the middle of culture. He understood that the big players are as, the smaller players are as important as the big players. Mm -hmm. As you say, man, he was just, he was a living legend and we didn't quite appreciate it because maybe to your point, not many people really bought into the clothes and all yeah. of the stuff that he brought. But if you understood what he was actually trying to purvey message wise, what's not to love, man? What's not to love? Yeah. And if you visit his environment, uh, where his work was most received, i.e. on the streets, places like Wynwood, you'll see that the, that reverence is almost unlimited. He's yeah. everywhere at the moment. And it will live on. Um, right before he died, Louis Vuitton bought a majority stake in his brand Off-White which is a huge, huge, huge deal. I'll let you guys research the details around that, but Off-White, the Virgil Abloh legacy will remain. Obviously his design and creative team will remain so much of what we will see, I would imagine for hopefully the next few seasons. I know they do fashion world in seasons. 
will very much have the Virgil Abloh stamp. And I hope that legacy lives on um, throughout. I think he, he put so much into the last couple of years, knowing that po possibly he wasn't going to be with us for much longer, mm. that we've probably got a good few years left of his designs to, to live and, and, and view. But yeah, man, what can I say? Let me, not, let me not say too much more because I'm an emotional old man now and I cry everything. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Rest in Virgil Abloh. Um, on the new music side, I was at this thing called um, Legend City Social last night at Notting Hill Arts Club. And it's the first time I've been there in a very long time. It's still popping. Um, so if you ever get a chance uh, to go to a Legend City Social night, it's like sort of live music and they bring like a bunch of their friends who are also amazing talents to perform. I would recommend you go. New music recommendations come from there. So there's this artist called Shantae who I saw last night, S-H-A-N-T-E-H. -E and her new album, ID, is out now on all streamy streams. So check that out. Um, a friend of mine, Lucia, who's a singer from Sweden, her new single is out as well. It's called Clean. Check those things out there. Um, but other than that, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. It's been an absolute privilege. Josh. We got, we got, we got to click it up thank for you, Josh. Thank got, Thanks for coming along, man. Thank you very much. We'll let you uh, head off now. You got some bays to see and all that thing. You live your life. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. <laughs> Saturday, baby. I'm going to bed. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You tired? Dark outside. You tired? Tired. I'm tired. Look how dark tired. I'm about to go to Westfield Stratford. I'm, I'm joining Apple Watch Gang today. Come on. Done I bought now. a new one in Miami. Still. I thought that was new. Yeah, yeah. I thought you just changed the strap. No, no. Gold. Is that the Series Seven? Yeah, gold stainless steel still. You got the stainless steel. Yeah, I, I went for the starlight aluminium. Got, I got the gold Milanese bra bra uh, bracelet. But I'm going to well. be like running in mine. That's why so I got this one. For this I got the rubbery sports strap. Yeah, but this one just feels nice. That's going to get manky when you sweat on it, man. And you don't run anyway. You're right. <laughs> you're, you're manky when you don't sweat. Yeah, but isn't that like a quite a nice like a fabric thing? Yeah. That's not going to. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get. You're going to get all like the salt strains and all that stuff. Yeah, Maybe. it's going to be nasty. Well, I just wear the other Milanese one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They've really got you by the balls. You got two Apple Watches and two pairs no, of I AirPods. No, I traded it in. Ah, oh, you traded it yeah, in. Yeah, and I traded my iPad. I got a new iPad as well. Second. Wow. I went shopping. Wow. Because basically, like, it costs the same in sterling as dollars out there in the US. It's I cheaper. should have told you to get me an Apple Watch. To be fair. Yeah, I would have. I would have got you one. It would have been cheaper as well. Now who's a dickhead? Why don't I think <laughs> like this? Bye. See you later.